podcasting at the crossroads of fandom. This is Northwest Nerd bringing you news, entertainment, and the stories that make us nerds. I'm pop culture journalist Dyer Oxley, and once again, it's been a minute since we've published anything. I didn't want to leave you lingering too much out there. Aside from a uh, check-in that Ensign Brandon Haddix and I did a few weeks ago, just kind of checking in on folks and where they're at, a little bit of catharsis. Uh, This time, though, I am reaching back into the archives at the Northwest Nerd offices here. And by offices, I mean the bar table in the corner of my apartment. I'm reaching back into the archives here, and I'm pulling out some of my favorite nerd stories that I've done in the past. And yes, it is October, so that means I'm going to pull out all of the ghost stories that we have done Over the years, from Port Gamble down to Portland, Seattle, and we're going to start with that one I just mentioned, Port Gamble. It's when Nick Jarin and I and his girlfriend Rosen, we all went out to Port Gamble, right at the northern stretch of Kitsap County. I used to report out in that area, and I knew that the town had kind of um, advertised itself as a bit of a haunted location. It has some ghost hunters there, and some events that are around it. You can take a ghost tour at night there. And for a town that has like old New Englandy look, it just, it fits. It's just very on brand. I remember when we first kind of hatched the idea for doing a ghost story on Northwest Nerd. I mean, this was early on when Nick and I were starting this podcast. We were concentrating on, well, nerd stuff, geek culture, pop culture. And I had come up with this idea that, hey, a lot of ghost stories, supernatural, and the the pop culture that we all consume. Why not try to go into our own backyard? And I knew that Port Gamble had kind of marketed itself as a haunted town. You can go there and take a ghost tour. So after doing some checking, I got put in touch with a guy named Pete Orbea. He leads some of those ghost tours out there. And I ended up running into the, to the next room. Nick and I were, were working at the same radio station at the time, and we were separated by a wall. So he was a room over for me. I ran around the corner, and I just kind of threw this all out there. I was like, hey, you and me, we go out to Kitsap, spend the day out there. We do one of these ghost tours, kind of laid out the whole thing. And it would just be really, what, what do we find when we go out there? Maybe we find something, maybe we don't. Maybe we're skeptics, maybe we get one over. Who knows? And that started the very first ghost story on Northwest Nerd. What happened is what you are about to hear. A trip out to Port Gamble, a town that touts itself as being one of the most haunted corners of Washington State. And yes, something weird did happen while we were out there. I'll let you uh, find out as we take a journey to the haunted town of Port Gamble. I think that the best piece of evidence is that one of the oldest stories that mankind has told itself is that something happens after you die. And if we've been wrong about that, that's not very encouraging for mankind, right? Like, there has to be something going on there. All of our ancestors have believed this. This is a conversation between Nick, his girlfriend Rosen, and myself. 
On the other hand, though, if that's true and we hang around, but the afterworld is just us moping about, moving doors, and uh, breaking random cups on the stage, uh, that's not a very positive outlook for after. That's that's all that's left. We were on a road trip recently and got to talking about ghosts. Yeah, I think if you end up being a ghost, you're probably super cranky. But if you happen to be a friendly ghost, Casper, I don't want my teenage girl dreams of having a really handsome ghost become flesh so I can dance with him at my school dance. I mean, I think let's keep that dream alive. I'd probably go the Beetlejuice route. (laughs) Now, the reason we're talking about ghosts is because we're headed to Port Gamble on the shores of Puget Sound at the northern edge of Kitsap County. It's a cute little town. It's popular as a day trip destination. It's also well known as a wedding spot with its New England ambiance. And oh yeah, it's also haunted. Okay, so that might be a little over the top. What goes on in Port Gamble is far from the Hollywood hauntings you see on the screen. It's more of an ongoing paranormal investigation. Port Gamble is a town with a lot of stories, and you're going to hear quite a few of them over the next few minutes, including some experiences that we walked away with. Port Gamble was founded as a logging town with a mill in the 1850s. What grew from that mill was a company town with houses and buildings for the workers, and some rather nice homes for the higher-ups. The result is a unique corner of the Northwest that looks far more like New England than other towns in the region. They have transom windows and spindled pilasters. The founders of the town, Pope and Talbot, wanted the town to look like Maine, where everybody came from. So the architecture is consistent throughout the town as far as being New England. That's Pete Orbea. He's a local expert on the normal history of Port Gamble and the paranormal. He not only leads ghost tours in town, he's a paranormal investigator. Some of the most common reports um, in the buildings here is they experience people walking up and down their stairs, but they don't see anybody. Um, So it's a lot of audio. There's a lot of disembodied voices, meaning a voice that you can hear when it happens versus an EVP. And that's electronic voice phenomena where you don't hear when somebody says something, but when you go back to review your audio tape, you'll hear a voice. So most often we'll experience hearing things, footsteps, voices, doors opening and closing, or even sounds like furniture being moved around on the floor above you. So to give you an example of the kinds of stuff people hear and the investigations Pete does, here's one such night Pete says he caught a recording of a ghost voice in a place called the Walker Ames House. Now he gave me the audio of the voice and I've mixed it into his story, But just a heads up, the first clip is a bit hard to hear. But Pete says they're saying, I'm here. One particular evening, doing a normal investigation with uh, Olympic Peninsula Paranormal Society. While we were downstairs, one of the team members heard a voice. Hello. And it came from the staircase. Then we proceeded upstairs. While we were up there, we were asking, you know, can you tell us who you are? Who are you? Can you give us your name? A girl's voice, a child, I think maybe she's 8 to 10 years old. She answered a lady to the question of who are you? A lady. A lady. And we all heard it. And so we said, well, thank you for answering. Can you tell us your name? This little particular girl has never given a name before. Finally, she did, and she said... 
She said, Annabelle. We all about hit the floor when we heard it because it was so loud, it actually echoed in the house. While Pete spends a lot of time on these investigations, he's not alone in Port Gamble. Just talk to the shop owners up and down the main street. Most everybody in town can speak to living alongside the formerly living. There's an antique shop where a doctor once lived many years ago. I actually chatted with Barbara, who runs the Painted Lady. That's the antique shop. She's experienced a few things herself. So have her customers. So I've had ladies go up there and say that they have vertigo so bad that they can't even, can't even stand it, that they have to come back down. Well, there was one Saturday after um, we opened that I had three women come in. Two had the vertigo so bad upstairs they had to leave. The third came through and said that she has a little girl leading her around by the hand, saying, that, look at my house, isn't it beautiful? Look, look at my house, isn't it beautiful? Just down the street, there's a house with a few more long-term residents. We have the captain, who was the owner of the house. We have a little boy and a little girl. Um, we have a cat. We have the one gentleman that was like the butler of the house. Um, and we had another woman's spirit that was here all the time, too. That's Christine Ringren. She runs a shop that now occupies the home, Mrs. Muir's House of Ghost and Magic. It's got a paranormal angle to it, which comes in handy in a town full of ghosts. And yeah, you heard her correctly. There's a ghost cat. He's a calico cat, but he's got a lot of, like, white fluff to him. He's, it's very distinctive. I've had little kids actually draw pictures of him, and it's the same exact cat every time. So Pete will bring you through town and introduce you to its residents. A Port Gamble ghost tour goes through the town's cemetery. It also tours the community center and post office. That was the town's morgue from 1906 to 1929. And it goes through the main stretch of homes. And then we end up at the Walker Ames house, which some argue is the most haunted house in Washington. So you would think that doing a podcast like this, going into a town with a bunch of microphones, we would come across something paranormal. Okay, so I'm not quite sure how to explain this. Something weird did happen. Pete met us at Mrs. Muir's. We went into a room in the back of the shop for an interview. Most of the ghost stories we came across in Port Gamble, they aren't scary. But he was telling us of one particularly bad encounter. Two investigators were heading into the basement, but they suddenly got this feeling like they should not be there. Like something did not want them there. So they left, but something followed. The most horrible smell you can imagine. We had to put our shirts over our faces. Just this rotten tacos and death. One of the ladies on the team is a physician's assistant and said that it smells like death. So we all huddled in this room and we wanted to do a ghost box session. And that's a tool that uses radio frequencies and static to communicate. They're, you're not allowed to swear on the radio. So that's usually a, a good sign that something is communicating through the radio if you hear swear words. So we started our session, and then the radio started saying, F off, F you, F yourself. And one of the team members stood up and said, you need to stop this now. And then it stopped. And we were all kind of getting a little on edge at that point because a smell is usually associated with something really bad that maybe not it's not human, like a, not a human spirit. Then from the room behind us, after the swearing, we started hearing this hacking noise, like someone coughing. Myself, I was ready to just bail out of the room right then. Then one of the team members asked, are you sick? And then we got a yes response through the radio and then asked, what do you have? Couldn't tell at the time what it said, but going back and listening to the audio, it said blood lung, which is an old term for tuberculosis, which kind of lined up with the hacking noise we were 
That's when my recorder shut off. It was set on a table. I had put new batteries in it before we even did the interview. And the other thing is that the on-off button on this recorder, it's a slide button. You have to slide it up and hold it to turn it on or off. So it was a bit odd that it just turned off. It was also weird that my batteries seemed to be draining. I'm gonna try to go again. I've got two thirds battery. Okay. That's a pretty common occurrence. That about batteries draining? Yep. Oh yeah. Kind of the theory is is paranormal entities will use the energy of the batteries to give themselves energy. So they'll drain whatever. Now around this time Pete also said he had been feeling like there was something present. A ghost. He said it's a feeling you get like suddenly getting butterflies in your stomach when you shouldn't. He said it felt like it was in the next room. And that's when Nick broke in. He said that he thought someone was in there, but there wasn't. Nick talked about this as we were driving out of town later on. As I was walking into the room where we did the interview with Pete, I was kind of drawn to a closed door right next to the room where we were. I felt like somebody was behind that door, maybe doing some kind of chore or something. It, it just seemed like an, an employee's area or something. I wasn't sure what was behind that door. And then Pete mentioned that he felt like there was some sort of presence in the room that I had been drawn to a little bit beforehand. He explained that sometimes there's a butler who used to live there that they call the kind sir. That changed the way that I was feeling about the entire experience. We checked the room. It was empty. I got some power back in my recorder and we started where we left off about the ghost with blood lung. And then kind of after that, it started swearing at us again. And one of the team members just stood up stomped her foot and said, you need to leave now. And then it seemed to left because the smell went away immediately. And then you could just feel the room just lighten up. There was kind of a heavy feeling to it. And it just kind of just went away all of a sudden. We went to the Walker Ames house and walked through the entire home from the basement up to the attic. I think myself personally is people just love the house so much that have lived there over the years. They don't want to leave. And I really kind of feel that for most of the paranormal entities in Port Gamble. They just loved it here so much they don't want to leave. Pete was leading us from room to room. I had the mic. And Rosen, she was kind of following behind, snapping photos as we went along. She heard something. This is Rosen telling Nick what occurred right after it happened. You can hear Pete and I talking in the background. Are you serious? Where'd you hear it? Uh, I've I was standing here. Been asking for Maude what did it sound like? Yeah, there's decipherable. Like here? Taking this picture. Right here when you heard it. Mm -hmm. It's just indecipherable. So just like, uh, like a, yeah, like a grunt, like a moan. Creeping up and making you run into the other room. <laughs> Rosen elaborated on what she heard later on in the car. As someone who's been living for long enough to tell between what's a gust of wind and what's an actual voice. I heard one just behind me to the left, kind of just like a groan or a moan that a person would make. It was, um, it's like, oh, like that. That coupled with feeling very chilly, cold, weird, that was enough for me to yeah, nope, thanks. I will leave this area immediately and just <laughs> went and joined you guys in the other room. So did we get a little paranormal activity? Personally, I'm equal parts Mulder and Scully. I want to believe. After all, things would be a little bit more fun that way, but I'm pretty tied to seeing and hearing things for myself. I need the evidence. Nick and Rosen, 
Nick said he was skeptical but open-minded going into the whole thing, but he couldn't quite get past the microphone incident. And Rosen, she kept thinking about that moan. After the tour, I'm a little bit more of a believer than I was before. Going into it, I was fairly receptive, and I think that one of the main things, it's kind of like... You know, if you work in a shop, you know everything about that shop. And in the same sense, if you practice being receptive, you're going to be more receptive. Yeah, I mean, if you're open to it, I think that's definitely, at least for me and my experience up there, yeah, I can, I can believe or lean into that place having energy in there. Yeah, why not? In any case, if you ask Pete, he has one sentiment he wants people to take away. Just remember that these ghosts were people once too. They're uh, living like just like we are at one point as well, so they're normal people too. When you see a ghost, a like you, Thank you, Nick, Rosen, and Pete, and everybody who we spoke to out in Port Gamble. I can tell it's a little bit early on in the podcast because back then I was kind of starting to work a lot in radio work and, and I'd, I'd done some audio work but not a lot like this and I can kind of tell when I was figuring things out maybe maybe wouldn't exactly work audio or narratives the way I, I once did thank you for tuning in to another episode of Northwest Nerd a rerun if you will but a good visit Tune in next week when we bring you another spooky tale right in our Northwest backyard here on Northwest Nerd.